When you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Welcome to the Manifestation Matters podcast, dedicated to exploring the divine creative power that lives inside us all, and how you can use the spiritual science of manifestation to create the life of health, happiness, love, and abundance you deserve. I'm your host, Eric Wall Robinstein, and I'm glad you're here. As a teacher of yoga and spirituality for over 30 years now? Really, it should no longer astound me, but I'll admit, it does. And I'm talking about the staggering ability we human beings have to misinterpret and misuse even the most sacred and powerful of spiritual teachings. I'm talking about using spiritual tools and techniques in ways that actually move us in the exact opposite direction from where that tool or technique was designed to take us. I'm talking about things like people meditating while allowing their minds to busily plan their days, or doing yoga postures while judging themselves for their weakness or their inflexibility, or even praying in a way that actually holds them apart from the very thing they are praying for. And as may already be clear by the passage that we started with, it is this last example, prayer, that we will be exploring in this week's episode. You see, prayer is a critical practice that when used correctly, can powerfully enhance our abilities to manifest circumstances, people, accomplishments, and so much more into our lives. In other words, prayer can improve every aspect of your life, and dramatically so. And that's true no matter what's important to you. From creating financial abundance to unlocking radiant health, or deepening your most important relationships to awakening a lived connection to spirit or source or God. But again, it's important to note that's only when it's properly used, which also means properly understood. I mean, let's face it, expecting prayer to really impact your life without understanding how it's designed to work is a little like expecting to fly an F-35 fighter jet without understanding how the controls are designed to work. And I can tell you, the clear understanding about the mechanics of how prayer actually influences our reality is something that is far more rare than you might think which is why so many of us never see our prayers answered. That's why in this episode, we're exploring the practice of prayer. 
specifically in the context of aiding us in our ability to consciously create or manifest whatever it is that we want in life. We'll be looking at a very specific definition of prayer that's quite different from what most of us have been taught. We'll be exploring the most prevalent mistakes that strip prayer of its power to positively impact our lives. And we'll be discovering the secret to unlocking the true power of prayer wherever and whenever we wish. All, again, in the context of manifesting the kind of experience you wish to have. But before we get to any of that, we've got a couple of very important reminders we need to take care of first. So let's start there. In order to truly understand how to get the very most from prayer, we need to remember something we talked about at length in several of our previous episodes. Namely, that there is no one and nothing apart from you to pray to. I'll say that again. There is no one and nothing apart from you to pray to. The entire universe, your every experience, and everything and everyone within it is consciousness. It's all God. It's all you. So even though it's popular to conceptualize prayer as a kind of petition or request to someone or something outside of you, a request to the Almighty to grant your wish or do your bidding, it's a mistake that can stop your ability to manifest what you want dead in its tracks. And that's because this notion is built on a common but dangerous misunderstanding about the nature of reality. Even worse, it's a perspective that will actually work against your manifestations in a devastating way. You see, when I imagine that I'm praying to a divine entity, a God, separate from myself, I'm giving away my divinely bestowed power as the creator of my reality. But that's not all. Together with this flawed but popular worldview, I'm also painting myself into something of a manifestational quagmire. I'm conceptualizing a hardened world of problems and obstacles that need to be somehow overcome. I'm envisioning myself as a puny individual human up against the needs and desires of billions of others. And I'm creating the notion of a God apart from me that I must rely upon to deliver my desires. And what if God doesn't hear me? And what if God doesn't see me as worthy? And what if God has other plans for me? All 
nonsensical questions, of course, in view of the truth, for there is no one and nothing separate from you. It's all consciousness, again, all God. But nevertheless, these are still questions that can quite reliably fill you full of doubts and worries that can keep you stuck right where you are forever. So if there is no one and nothing separate from yourself, and everything, including this human body-mind that you believe yourself to be, is merely consciousness, why pray at all? I mean, praying to oneself seems like a pretty ridiculous waste of time, right? Well, I'll admit, indeed it does. But that's only when we forget how manifestation works. Or said better, when we forget the truth about how the so-called universe works. You might recall back in episode three, we spoke at some length about the two aspects of consciousness. The aspect that is seen which we likened to the male aspect of consciousness, and the aspect that is unseen, which we likened to the female aspect of consciousness. And it was there that we talked about how each aspect has, as one might expect, a different role. The role of the male aspect is to impregnate the female with the seed of what is to be manifested. And it does so through the medium of thoughts and, more importantly, feelings. And the role of the female aspect, also known as the subconscious, is to be impressed by or impregnated by this seed and to nourish it and sprout it into existence. To lean on another metaphor, it's as if the female aspect of consciousness is a 3D printer. And the male aspect is that which provides the instructions to the printer about what to print. And the crucial thing to remember is how the female aspect, the unseen subconscious, is non-selective and impersonal. As it is said in scripture, it is no respecter of persons. And that means that the subconscious is in no way concerned with what is true or with what is real or even with what is good or bad. It accepts whatever seed is implanted within it by our conscious thoughts. And then it dutifully works to outpicture or manifest onto the screen of space exactly what it has been instructed to create. The fact is, the subconscious never fails to express that which has been impressed upon it. And prayer just happens to be one of the most powerful ways 
to impress the subconscious and therefore to steer the creation of your experience. And this brings us to the need for a clear and accurate definition of prayer. For as we've already seen, prayer is not the petitioning or requesting of something from a separate divine personage, or even an imploring of the forces of the universe to work on our behalf. Rather, It is the act of deliberately and clearly impressing the subconscious or female aspect of consciousness with the seed of our desired manifestation. It's all about providing instructions to the 3D printer that is the unseen divine creator within. And of paramount importance here is that word clearly, clearly impressing the subconscious. You see, in case it's not already abundantly evident, very often our thoughts and feelings are tinged with all manner of contradictory and confusing information, much of which is actually confirmed by our senses. We yearn for a beautiful home for our family, but we look at our bank account and worry that we'll never be able to afford it. Or we crave a loving relationship, but our failed marriage makes us doubt we'll ever find someone who truly loves us. And we're hungry to heal from our past trauma so we can finally feel happy and safe, but we secretly feel like we're damaged life. All of which, emphasis on the word all, all of which impresses into the subconscious. And to really understand why this is, I don't know, so problematic, I'd like you to imagine yourself right now as the subconscious with the sole responsibility to dutifully manifest into existence whatever is impressed upon you, that which the conscious self believes to be true. Pretty simple, right? And I'd agree, indeed it is, right up until the instructions that the conscious self gives you are littered with contradictions. Create a beautiful home for my family, please. And then in the very next breath, it commands the creation of a circumstance in which you cannot afford it. Or deliver me a loving relationship, it asks, immediately followed by a request for a reality in which the person who will love us cannot be found. Or even manifest me as healed and happy. Oh, and also as someone who is damaged for life. You see, it really is true what is said in Scripture. Whatever you pray and ask for, believe that you have received it, 
and you shall have it. But just in case you missed it, the key word in this passage is not pray or even ask. It's believe. Whatever you pray and ask for, believe that you have received it and you shall have it. And that's true whether you believe in the home or in the inability to afford it. Whether you believe in the relationship or the impossibility of finding it. Or whether you believe in your healing or in the irreparable damage that prevents it. Whatever you believe that you have received, it is that which you shall have. And the trouble is that so many of us believe in our doubt. We believe in our worry. And we believe in all of the problems and obstacles in our lives at least as much as we believe in our deepest desires. And so, the doubts and the worries and the problems and obstacles are what the subconscious dutifully manifests on the screen of space that is our experience. So what about that clear and accurate definition of prayer? Well, it's here that I would like to lean on the wisdom from the great teacher of manifestation and the law of assumption, Neville Goddard. And that's because his definition of prayer not only reveals what it is, but it includes a very distinct nod to exactly how it works, which we've already seen is a critical ingredient to our success. So, according to Neville, prayer is the art of believing that which is denied by the senses. I'll say that again. Prayer is the art of believing that which is denied by the senses. And once again, here we are standing nose to nose with that word, believe. Again, whatever you believe you have received, you shall have it. And you shall receive it exactly as it is believed in imagination. So if I believe that I will have a beautiful home for my family someday, the subconscious will manifest my reality as one in which I will have a beautiful home someday in the future. But it is also, by the way, one in which I do not have it now. Or if I believe that I'll find love, but doubt that there is anyone out there for me, the subconscious will manifest a circumstance in which I continue to believe I will find love while doubting I will find it. Or if I believe that someday I will be healed from my past traumas, the subconscious will manifest an experience in which my healing exists someday in the future. But again, not in this moment. Remember, the subconscious manifests not what you want, but what you believe to be true.
So prayer then, the art of believing that which is denied by the senses, is a practice that is designed not to implore something or someone outside of you to impart your desires upon you. Rather, it is a practice that is designed to modify your assumptions about what is now in this moment true. To paraphrase the words of Kierkegaard, the function of prayer is not to influence a God apart from us, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. Its function is to change your assumptions about what is true, because a change in assumption is a change in what is impressed into subconsciousness, and a change in what is impressed into subconsciousness is a change in what becomes expressed or what you see in your reality. And of course, this brings us right back to the top of the page with the passage we started this episode with. When you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father, your divine subconscious within. And then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So the invitation becomes this, to pray, but not with desperation or even supplication, but instead with certainty, with a certainty that what you desire, whatever that may be, truly is a part of your experience now all the while remaining free and clear of what most would call your reality, the three-dimensional world around you, and instead to engage wholeheartedly in prayer as an act of believing in your desire, as a current hardened fact in your three-dimensional world, even if it is denied by the census. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. And I'm hoping that our exploration here will help you to put the true power of prayer to work in your life. Thanks so very much for taking the time to listen. And as always, a huge thank you to all of my patrons whose donations allow me to bring this podcast to you including our newest patrons, Joelle Simons, Erica Hewlett, Michael Beckbull, Missy Bartlett, Sam Phillips, Mario Gomez, Annette Perry, Jenny Wright, and Joseph McKenna. Thank you, you're all amazing. And as usual, I'm including with this episode a manifestation exercise to help you take your next steps with prayer. This time, I've recorded a custom guided meditation to help you clear your mind so you can pray for your heart's desire, free from the polluting influence of doubts, worries, and your current circumstances. 
You can get it free on my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash manifestation matters. And while you're there, if you're finding value in the podcast, consider becoming a supporter of the show. It's an easy way to make sure that I can continue with the podcast and get some great gifts at the same time. Thanks again. And if you can, do me a favor of leaving an honest review or a thumbs up. I'd be more grateful than you know. I'll see you next time.